0: You're listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you so much for joining us for another segment. You know, over the past year or so, many people have missed or postponed medical appointments due, of course, to the pandemic. Now, for people with chronic conditions like multiple sclerosis or MS, a mistreatment or delayed care could lead to disease progression and even relapses. Well, joining us here on the program is Dr. Mitzi Williams. She's joining as an expert in MS, a board-certified neurologist, to talk about some of the implications surrounding missed doctor's appointment including irreversible disease progression, the importance of continuing treatment, and of course, uh, identifying disease progression as early as possible. Welcome to Health Professional Radio, Dr. Williams.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Neil. My pleasure.
0: Of course, I mentioned uh, that you are a board-certified neurologist. Give us listeners uh, a bit of your professional background and talk about what it is uh, that you love about what you do.
1: Absolutely. So I am a board-certified neurologist, as you said, and I also am a fellowship-trained multiple sclerosis specialist. So I've been working in the MS space for upwards of 15 years, and the thing that I love most, is the ability to really walk on a journey with my patients and those that I get to serve. Uh, MS is a chronic disease that often comes with many ups and downs. um, And, you know, I uh, treasure the ability to be able to counsel people, to walk them through that journey with medications, to walk them through different family issues and transitions. um, And so I really count it an honor to be able to do that. I consider myself a part of their families in in many instances, so I, I really appreciate that I get to do that.
0: Now, you mentioned it's a chronic disease with many uh, ups and downs. What exactly is multiple sclerosis and who's impacted by MS?
1: So, Multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease, meaning the immune system, the part of the body that normally attacks viruses and bacteria gets confused and attacks a good part of the body. With multiple sclerosis, the part that's attacked is the myelin or the coating of the nerves and so when those nerves are damaged in the brain and in the spinal cord, they result in a variety of symptoms, whether it's loss of vision, numbness or weakness, um, some symptoms that are very similar to stroke, but this usually occurs in young people in their 20s and 30s, and so usually they don't have the same risk factors for stroke, and so it can be very debilitating. Uh, Worldwide, when we look at MS, it affects people primarily of Northern European descent. However, when we look in the U.S., and there are over close to a million people in the U.S. affected by MS, according to recent studies, we find that actually the incidence and the risk for MS is highest in African Americans, uh, which is very different than what many of us were taught when we were coming through training.
0: So how does it affect African Americans and, and other people of color differently than in Caucasians?
1: Yes. Yeah, so there are some studies that suggest that the outcomes can be worse, very similar to what we see with many other conditions like heart disease, diabetes, etc. Um, There's more disability earlier. Uh, People can have walking disability up to six years earlier than their white counterparts. For African-Americans, more MRI damage uh, that we see in the brain, as well as more disability over time. And some studies even suggest a little bit earlier mortality uh, for those that um, unfortunately have very severe disease and pass away related to complications.
0: (laughs) Is it more in your opinion or maybe not in your opinion but in in your, your research environment as opposed to genetic components and is there a genetic component to MS?
1: A genetic component to MS, but it's very complex, right? So it's not a directly inherited disease like other diseases we think about, like sickle cell. So there's not like one gene that we can test for that everybody has, um, you know. So so they do play a part in terms of the differences we see in minority populations uh, and the worst com- outcomes in African Americans as well as Hispanic Americans. Certainly, environment and access. To social determinants of health probably have a lot to do with it. One of the barriers to understanding this is that we don't have very large enrollment in our clinical trials. So when we look at our research, um, there are very few African-Americans in our research trials for our medication. So we still have a long way to go in understanding why we see some of the differences that we see. And is it mostly, uh, you know, access to care and social determinants of health or is there some genetic component that's playing a
0: part as well? Now, of course, the COVID-19 pandemic exacerbated challenges that were already in existence long before the pandemic. Um, How much of the pandemic would you say contributed to even further disease progression in some of these uh, communities that we're talking about due to more isolation, more lack of uh, access to care?
1: Yeah, so, you know, COVID has really shined a light on health disparities in our country, um, in all areas of medicine, and MS has been no exception. You know, the things that we've seen across all patients is that there really has been uh, difficulty accessing care. So, you know, telemedicine has really uh, been on the rise over the past year, and it's been a great tool for those who have access, but still there are barriers for people in underserved populations internet connection, the ability to use certain devices to be able to access care. And we certainly have some, seen some people who have worsened and progressed because of their inability to access care. The other issue on top of that with multiple sclerosis is that it's not only a chronic disease, but the medications that we use to treat it often affect the immune system. So in the beginning of the pandemic, there was a lot of uncertainty about if the medications really suppressed people's immune system, which made them even more um, you know, unlikely to seek care because they were scared about exposure to the virus with their immune systems compromised. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, obviously, you know, continuing your care as as best as you can, whether via telemedicine or uh, we're getting back to more in person meetings. What about, uh, or what would you say to those living with MS who still may bit may be a bit cautious about returning to in person appointments?
1: So I would definitely say, you know, we still want to take precautions, right? The pandemic is not completely over, right? Half of our country is vaccinated, but there certainly are still a lot of folks who are unvaccinated. So it's important to, you know, take those precautions to protect yourself, washing your hands, wearing masks, etc. But we definitely do need people to re-establish care with their healthcare facilities. One of the challenges of telemedicine is that we can't do very good exams. So, you know, if there are subtle changes from the Last time we've seen someone, we may not be able to pick those up over the computer. So we are encouraging folks where appropriate to be able, if they're able to come in, to try to come in to be seen so that they can really get a good assessment um, and be able to, you know, uh, talk with their healthcare providers about the best plan of care for them and their treatment for their MS.
0: Uh, Dr. Williams, let's talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. the CHIMES clinical trial. Um, What were the results? uh, Well, what was the the purpose of the trial? A little bit of the results and how do you think those results will affect the MS community overall and especially some of the underserved uh, communities that we've been discussing here?
1: about the CHIMES trial. As I mentioned earlier, you know, one of the issues that we have with understanding the outcomes in certain populations, particularly the African American and the Hispanic Latino communities, is that we don't have a lot of folks involved in our research trials. And that's for a variety of reasons, whether it's uh, patients, you know, having some mistrust and wanting to participate or, you know, things on the of our institutions, making sure that we're in areas where these people are located so that they can um, know about the trials and be involved. Uh, But the CHIMS trial really aims to try to better understand MS in two underserved populations. So we'll be looking at uh, the African-American and the Hispanic-Latino-American populations with multiple sclerosis and looking at them taking a medication that's already on the market, which is Ocrevus, a medication that's been out for some time and is an effective one. And then we'll be looking at outcomes. We'll be looking at things like their MRIs. We'll be looking at their clinical status. We also will have the opportunity to look at certain genetic markers and other things to try to better understand these populations on a scale that we've not been able to do in our previous research. So we uh, have not reported out any results yet. We're still in the recruitment phase, uh, which, you know, has been quite a challenge during the pandemic. But fortunately, you know, we're moving forward um, and there are many people that are interested in the study. And we're really looking forward to reporting out some of the results.
0: Give us a website where we can learn more about you and your work.
1: So I am the Nerdy Neurologist. That's my nickname. So I can be found on uh, all social media platforms as the Nerdy Neurologist, uh, Instagram, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and my website is www.nerdyneurologist.com or I can also be found at www.drmitsyjoymd.com.
0: It's been a pleasure speaking with you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us here on Health Professional Radio, Doctor.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Mitzi Williams. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com, Health Professional Radio.